Please don't stop playing, Fry. I want to hear how it ends. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Mike. And I'm Ben. And today we're talking about season four, episode 18, The Devil's Hands Are Idle Playthings. We also have special guest with us today, Kate from the Subverted Tropes podcast. Hello, Kate. Hi. How's it going? It's going pretty great. Thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, as, as I ask of every guest when they, when they hop onto this podcast, uh, why did you choose this episode? Uh, honestly, I could have chosen any episode and felt good about it. I am okay. one of those horribly obnoxious, find, find a justifiable reason for, for loving every single episode fans. <laughs> okay, sure. So... Uh, this one happened to work out, and it is a, a really beautiful episode and a, a beautiful original first ending. Oh, it's true. You know, it's um, I, I mean, it, we will definitely get into oh, it. Yes. But like we have a whole grade segment coming up. We have a whole podcast coming <laughs> up. Oh, that's true. Uh, this is not it. <laughs> that's it. The 30 <laughs> okay. second podcast and we're done. Thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> that's great, guys. Um. No, so we we will definitely get into it. Uh, but yeah, for for those who don't know, um, this was the the original ending to the series before it got the movies and the reboot, right? Um, and uh, you know, I I gotta say, as far as endings go, this is a pretty good one. You know, I I think I'll also foreshadow my grades. I I also thought it was pretty good. <laughs> uh, yeah, the. Writer Ken Keeler has a talent for writing last episodes. I, I I do want to point out. I don't know if anybody else does, but I definitely sang along at the end with the <laughs> the opera. It's yeah, so catchy. It's gonna be in my head for about a week now. It it is it is a good one. I tried to rein it in because I was watching uh, with my my other partner, my other podcasting partner, and I don't know that he knows it. Uh, as inside out and backwards as I do. So I was trying to let him enjoy it without my added uh, emphasis. Your added vocal stylings. <laughs> my added noise. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, I was giving you credit, but okay. That's very kind of you. Most people <laughs> wouldn't. They know better. <laughs> well, I'm I'm sure at some point we will learn. <laughs> we might actually just burst into song in this podcast. Who knows? Yeah, I can't guarantee that we won't. We've burst over. We've we've burst into song over less. Let's be honest. It's true. It's true, and we have an occasion that calls for it. Exactly. So how about deal? How about we get uh, into the episode then? Let's do. Let's. Actually, I do. I do want to point out that at the very beginning, mm -hmm. where we've got that usual uh, uh, joke at the the title screen, mm -hmm. um, it does say "See you on some other channel." Yeah. Um, they specifically put that in because. Uh, when they were not, uh, when when they aired the episode, um, they were not sure whether or not they'd get a final episode. So they didn't even know if this was going to be the last episode, but they were pretty sure. Right. Yeah. Just 
because of like ratings and Fox's general attitude of being Fox. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, you can tell that they definitely thought this could be a end because it felt like it. If you, you mm-hmm. as we'll discuss the rest of it, but it definitely felt like it. It's a possible end while also keeping things open if they didn't want exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. So we start out the episode at the Robot Arms apartment uh, where Fry is practicing the holophoner again. Poorly. Well, o- only as poorly as any normal human would be expected to without the assistance of internal parasites. Exactly. Well, I mean, I don't want to foreshadow, <laughs> but a, a five-year-old seems to be playing better than he does or later on. That's fair. I I think children are more prone to being talented at things and getting credit for being talented at things than grown adults trying to learn new things. That's a it's it's that's a salient point. Also, I'm <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to pull some advice from Ooh. John DiMaggio's um other uh one of his other voice acting roles that I also love, Jake the Dog from Adventure mm-hmm. Time. Sucking at something is the first step toward being kind of good at something it's true it's true. It's good advice for everyone thank you john dimaggio's character jake the dog <laughs> but i send that image to every time to everybody every time somebody's like well it's not that good but and i'm like boom get better because you will just keep uh-huh. at it it's true. well it just reminds it just reminds me of magnus uh from uh taz from uh, the uh the adventure zone carving a a duck and saying yes this is the best i can do and it being good enough uh, I find it particularly interesting how often the well-intentioned, uh, good, happy things of the world like Taz and Adventure Time and so on often overlap in those themes of you're doing you and that's good for you. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a, it's a pretty good lesson to learn. Yep. Conversely, though, this John DiMaggio character comes in and tells Fry he's sucking really hard. <laughs> he suggests he's just stop it trying to improve in any way, which I thought was really, really opposite of Jake the it's Dog. It's opposite of Jake the Dog. Exactly. It, it is very true. It shows that John DiMaggio has range. He does. It's from a jerk to not a jerk. Yeah. In today's society, that's more of an accomplishment than you're making it sound like. <laughs> oh. No, it's, I'm I'm with you on that. It's sad because it's true. Yeah. At, at this point, Fry says that he is he is specifically doing this because when he had those parasites and he was good at the holophoner, uh, he could express how he felt about Leela to her, and she kind of reciprocated that feeling. And then he pulls out a picture of him and Leela riding Zoidberg around like a pony. Now, don't tell me you haven't wanted to ride Zoidberg like a pony. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I haven't really wanted to ride Zoidberg around like a pony, but okay. it's a good photo op, I think. I, I won't share you my recurring dream then. If the opportunity presented itself, I'm not saying I wouldn't, but I don't think I would seek it out. Right. I think I'm with you on that. <laughs> I have a differing opinion. I will say, though, it's a good photo op. You get a picture of you riding Zoidberg around like a pony. Uh-huh. Boom. New LinkedIn profile picture. That'll uh, get you every job. Ooh. I-, I would endorse the hell out of that profile. <laughs> I do need a new LinkedIn picture. <laughs> See, there we go. We'll talk after the podcast. I look forward to this. Uh, it turns out Fry has a recital on Tuesday and would ask would like Bender to come, which he accepts and they hug. 
uh, commenting, sometimes I wish your real family was alive. Not, not, not often. Not often, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I just kind of like zoomed past the Bender being kind of a jerk. I thought it was heartwarming. Bender does have his moments. Not often, though. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> If this is one of his moments, then, you know, even even the, the highs on the, the graph are not all that high. <laughs> so they go to the recital and uh, his I like that his holophoner teacher is like, is it true that you're a robot? <laughs> <laughs> as though she hasn't been living in the year 3000 for, you know. And as if she can't, she doesn't have eyes in which to see the robot standing in front of her. I think it's more a hallmark of elderly music teachers who have to absorb facts from dozens and dozens of children that really they just are trying to teach new things to. So it's like, oh, yes, uh, little Timmy, your father's a doctor. Oh, sir, is it true that you're a doctor? Your son says so. You know, it's, it's, it's an acknowledgement that... They listened at one point to your child, but then really just kept trying to teach them as you were paying them to do. I get that. That makes sense. Another salient point. I I never took any sort of music lessons, any sort of private music lessons Mm -hmm. as a child. I did play the clarinet in... Uh, high school band but that was you know band so yeah i i took some some uh singing lessons uh from a professor at the uh, university in the town i lived in and yep (laughs) i I get it i uh i took private violin lessons for many years and i was a very quiet child who was not enjoying the lessons so i really didn't try to force any interaction with my teachers (laughs) i just kind of showed up and played mediocre violin and then left fair enough that probably would have been my exact strategy (laughs) it's your pro strat if you will up first is a a kid who plays fur lease on the Mm -hmm. holophoner complete with a holographic sequence where this this couple dances up some stairs made out of piano keys and then donkey kong barrels start coming down (laughs) which is maybe one of my favorite things ever because it even has the audio Uh yeah so good and they get 100 points for jumping over the barrels it it begs the question how the holophoner really works because it's sort of indicated earlier uh, and then, of course, later on with Fry writing the opera. But like, is it is it more a function of what you're thinking? And this child would really rather be playing very, 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 very old school video games <laughs> or <laughs> what's happening there? That's a good question. And I've always a wondered this question. as well. But I think I think we have precedent for this because in the episode with the parasites, yeah, when he gets rid of the parasites, he he creates a Frankenstein. That's right, because he started thinking like, about neck bolts. Exactly. Oh. So I think it sort of projects sort of what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. Which makes it an instrument I never, ever want to play because as someone with anxiety, <laughs> the moment I get nervous, yeah. that that hologram is going some places and nobody, nobody, nobody need, needs to see that. Nobody wants to see it. Nobody needs to see it. I understand completely. I, I am 100% there. Absolutely the same. 
you know you know that advice where if you're nervous at a public speaking event just picture the audience in their underwear uh-huh. imagine playing the holophoner and then you get nervous so you picture the audience in their <laughs> underwear and, and then you create a hologram of the audience in their underwear for the audience who are for, fully clothed except you're always nervous so you've been nervous from the beginning <laughs> And you're, you're also nervous that they're going to see the hologram. So first the hologram of them in their underwear appears, and then you like shoddily try to cover it up in your own head by manufacturing clothing that is probably poorly fitting, and it just spirals out of control. Yep. Yeah, I could see going down the rabbit hole pretty quickly. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ben. We've had a lot of fun today. Welcome to my nightmare. <laughs> um oh so so yeah but no i i like that that idea as to why the donkey kong barrels show up Uh because like the kid is just like distracted and thinking about donkey kong that is also what i would have been doing (laughs) if i was a kid in private music lessons a a naked audience and then also the donkey kong Kong thing (laughs) when i was a kid i wasn't picturing audiences in their underwear okay mike that was how often did you perform well i didn't exactly as a kid I, I was I've been performing f- forever. I honestly did start performing voice at like five. It's way too early. Uh, I was in ballet lessons from the age three. So <laughs> so we have a shared experience that Ben just does not have here. Ha ha ha. Let's go whisper about him quietly in the other room. All right, let's do. I think this is going to be weird because you're on a Skype call, but OK, <laughs> I think in in the entire first uh uh, first run of the series. I think this is the first time I have been officially put on blast. <laughs> Finally, as somebody that's been put on blast so many times, I'm so happy. I, I'm, I'm both proud of this achievement and very sorry at the same time. Don't be sorry. He deserves this. I've I've had it coming for a while. He has mentioned he's he's been happy that he's not been put on blast, as he puts me on blast. So Fry gets up to play. And uh, he plays a song called The Grumpy Snail. Um, and uh, he, he screws up the notes a couple of times and the snail like gets mad at him. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> with, the, with the new idea that it's all constructed in his head, it getting mad at him is hilarious. Uh-huh. That, like even his subconscious knows that it is being disappointing right now. Exactly. <laughs> and then he keeps trying to play and... The, the sort of bad playing spirals out of control and the snail turns into this giant monster and one of the kids is even like it's too grumpy <laughs> <laughs> such a good line i think about that line a lot to be honest yeah that's fair <laughs> and at this point the music teacher is just like i simply cannot teach your boy i think she even calls him her, his child. son yeah. your child yeah. his child yeah <laughs> and yeah, I, I simply cannot teach her child, and then uh, they leave in a huff. And Bender comes back in as, we hope to see you soon for tea. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a polite anger. Yeah, exactly. Also, the the kid who managed to work in the Donkey Kong, uh, Bender leans over to his mother and says, uh, your kid is very good. How hard did you have to hit him? Fairly hard. <laughs> I, I kind of love the fact that Ben just like launched into it. Like, I'm going to do it. 
Oh, yeah. No, I was ready for that one. Back at Planet Express, um, Fry is saying that in his head, he can hear all of this beautiful music, but his hands just can't keep up with it. And it's at this point, Leela comes in and is, uh, first of all, she says that they missed a delivery to Space Earth, which I want to know some more stuff about that. Yeah, that's not ever explained. It's it seems like it would be the same place. It is, but I, I want to envision it as just like slightly different, uh, like maybe closer to uh, Earth One from Farnsworth Parabox. Mm-hmm. That's exactly where my mind uh, went oh, to yeah, as well. Same. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out you get three Futurama nerds together and y- we all think about Futurama. Hot diggity. And then uh, Fry lies that they were at a, I mean, he kind of lies. He says that they were at a concert. It's it's an omission of some of the important It's facts. a half-truth. Yes. He, did, he only didn't say it was my and also several children's concert. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I feel like it, it, losing the and several children's concert <laughs> actually makes it better. Yep. Leela says... Uh, that her her ex boyfriend played the saxophone. He was a he he did jazz, jazz noodling, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know she was really into it. And then Bender gives one of my favorite lines oh, of I all love time. It so it's, much, it's so good. He says, "Hmm, musicians really Roger your Hammerstein, huh?" <laughs> <laughs> I love this show so much. Oh, good. Um. I mean, I'm just going to say it like this episode, like everybody is just on their top game. Yes. Yeah. Throughout the entire episode, because that is such a good line. It really is. And then, uh, yeah, at that point, um, you know, she goes on about how she found uh, he because well, he played the saxophone naked on her couch. And For then hours. And then she found someone else's couch fibers on his butt. Uh, but the saxophone made up for the fact that he was a slacker and inadequate in several other ways, which mm-hmm. uh, Fry bitterly comments, pretty boy. This is exactly why I'm learning the guitar and ukulele. I'm hedging my bets. Multiple instruments. Uh-huh. Couches. Couches and nakedness. I mean... It's part of your brand now. It's part of my brand. <laughs> naked on bikes, naked on couches. Yeah. One sounds like much more comfortable. Sounds like it would be much more comfortable than the other. (laughs) Exactly. You get to feel the wind on your whole body. (laughs) (laughs) I mean. You can get an even tan. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Man, I'm just getting put on blast today. I'm fine with it. We we got to the end of the original run. We had to figure out some way. We're just going to shoehorn him in all, all at once. Somewhat uh, like a Spanish Fry with all the jokes they threw in there. Mm-hmm. So at this point, Bender says that he has an idea um, to get uh, to get good and win Leela's heart. He That Fry may have to make a metaphorical deal with the devil. And by the devil, he means robot devil. And by metaphorical, he means get your coat. <laughs> I love this line. I, I love this I line so that in much. My life. I have said this to people. <laughs> Maybe such... not the robot devil part, but definitely the by metaphorical, I mean, get your coat. It's uh, such a good line. I, I live for this line. It's so good. Uh, so they go to hell. I'm not sure why you need to get your coat if you're going to hell, but whatever. Well, I mean, it's cold on the way to hell. Yeah, they have to go through New Jersey. 
Oh, okay. You want to wear a coat. You don't want that on you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm from New York. Did I mention that? <laughs> it's it all kind makes of sense clear. now. <laughs> I, I have been to New Jersey, I think. I've never been. Uh, I was born on Long Island and I grew up in Buffalo and now I live in North Carolina. But there was one vacation when my family was driving from Long Island back to Buffalo and my father took a different route uh, that I did not know. I honestly did not know this. I was maybe 14. He took a route that took us through New Jersey briefly. And shortly after we crossed the border, I said, what's that smell? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm sure I'm sure there are parts of New Jersey that are wonderful, but that is a great story. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't want to like I I, I, we might have listeners from New Jersey. We don't need to put them on blast. It's just the bin on blast episode. Fry gives this whole speech about how he wants to get good without trying. And (laughs) yeah, it's great. The robot devil, the robot devil mentions that he has the same or that he had the same. Uh, holophoner teacher his old music teacher mrs mellinger Uh had stupid fingers (laughs) which is accompanied by like a small slap of the hand i just love the concept that this one teacher has taught both the robot devil (laughs) and fry yep and then earlier said (laughs) the the to bender oh i hear you're a robot is that right so uh you taught the robot devil like come on so, so, Mr. Lucifer, you, they say that you're the king of hell. Is that right? Is that true? <laughs> so the robot devil's like, wouldn't it be nice if you just had a pair of robot hands? And Fry's like, sure would. Oh, well, goodbye. <laughs> Bender's like, listen, you idiot. <laughs> He's trying to make a, a deal with the devil with you. <laughs> they decide to make this deal where Fry gives his hands to a random robot that somewhere in the universe, mm-hmm. and then in exchange, Fry gets that robot's hands. And it's this big wheel that they spin with the name of every robot ever, mm-hmm. apparently. Big wheel. It, it's it a big wheel. It actually is. It is every robot that has been on Futurama. If you freeze frame it, they're all like actual names of robots that you have seen before. Yeah, I got a couple of them going by. Um, I know I saw like Donbot and Isaac and, mm-hmm. and stuff on there. Um, I was going to freeze frame it, but I was a little bit late getting to to watch it. I got stuck at a train on my way home. So As you do. Um, it's just about to land on Bender, um, which is a good fake out. Like you think it's going to be Bender. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it trips over into the robot devil. There you go. Oh, the main dip. conflict Here for the go. episode. <laughs> And then we get to what I'm going to call Bender's subplot. Because, <laughs> because How ironic. Yeah, the, the <laughs> robot devil is like, what an appallingly ironic outcome. And then Bender suddenly it goes on this quest to teach people what irony actually is. Because he's like, that's not ironic. It's just coincidental. <laughs> I, th- I honestly think it's I honestly think he's just trying to teach the robot devil. Because I, I think he's the the robot devil's the only person he tries to correct. Because he's the only one that's I using mean, the word ironic. Yeah, it's but I mean we don't know that he's not trying to correct everybody. Exactly, uh, that's fair. But the robot devil is the only one that consistently says that's ironic uh, in every circumstance, it, and it right. really we, does come 
come back around to the Princess Bride, that's inconceivable. <laughs> sure. And we don't see Bender uh, 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 talking to his best friend, Alanis Morissette, about uh, uh, ironic it's things. It's true. There's still time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see those deleted scenes. <laughs> I, I would be surprised if they exist, because that seems like a pretty good get for Futurama. But I may be wrong. Just get Alanis Morissette as a guest and then cut literally every scene with her in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It seems like a bit a bit rough. Uh, the robot devil chops Fry's hands off and switches it out with his own uh, with his big butcher knife. It's a pretty great dexterous Wait. action. Mm-hmm. He rolled a 20 on that one. Because it's good hands. <laughs> and then uh, back at Planet... Plus four for hands. And then back at Planet Express, uh, Fry walks in. And he's like, hey, guys, I'm back from hell. And I got the robot devil's hands. <laughs> just just nonchalant. Like, look at these. Well, to be fair, everybody's just like, oh, that's cool. Like, nobody asks any questions. I mean, Amy asks to see a trick, but like. And then he just juggles Bender. He like takes Bender apart, juggles him for a while. <laughs> And then when Scruffy comes in to tell him the Mr. Robot Devil is here to meet a Mr. Fry, Fry puts it, puts Bender back together and Bender's like, where did I go just now? We've seen Bender come apart into pieces before and be totally fine and aware of what's happening. There's a lot of uh, speed and movement in which his, his limbs are moving at the same in like a circle. So I could see like some accelerometer being tripped and like into some, some kind of safety mode. It's true. It's the disassembly carnival ride of actions. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Just too many G's. Too many G's. <laughs> so the robot devil is there and he's essentially begging Fry to give his hands back. And They're Fry- touching him in places. Yeah, they do get around. <laughs> and Fry's just like, nope, we had a deal. Sorry. And then uh, that's that. The, dev- the robot devil's like, I wasted a bus trip for this. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> So then we get a holophoner montage where Fry is suddenly very good at the holophoner. It's those hands. He loves that gray snail. <laughs> so much. I mean, you've got you've got to establish your brand, <laughs> and Fry's brand is that gray grumpy sc- snail. Exactly. He seems grumpy much less snail grumpy productions. Now. Ooh. He's he's got he, he's now that he has a steady job, he seems much happier. All of Fry's different things involve this snail. Uh-huh. The the Donkey Kong barrels come back. Um <laughs> uh, he he ends up playing at Hover Carnegie Hall. Yes. Such a dumb joke it's that I love. So great. I the 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 naming of buildings in the future uh are delightful to me, not just in this episode, but like previously, Taco Bellevue Hospital. Oh, I love yeah. Taco Bellevue I mean, Hospital. I want, I want this naming now. Why do we have to wait for a thousand years? <sighs> the powers I that know. be don't appreciate good puns. Well, when I buy a building, I'm going to name it with a pun. Do it. Yes, please. <laughs> the, this montage ends with Fry literally having these uh, it's two record set of <laughs> Fry playing the holophoner hits. Um, advertised by the snail. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like an infomercial. It's so great. <laughs> and it's only two, it's only 14.99 for two records. Two records. Uh Zoidberg ends up calling in is like, "I'm finally becoming a crafty consumer. I'll take eight. Which is so had Zoidberg has never had money before now. 
what happened? <laughs> he became a crafty consumer and bought eight two record sets. So he just did no consuming of anything for a very, very long time and then immediately Probably, blew his cash yeah. on yeah. eight of everything. I mean, that's kind of how it worked in the, uh, the uh, what is it? The 300 Big Boys. Mm-hmm. It's true. I do also love how Zoidberg hasn't really made an appearance in this episode until all of a sudden he is just like, I'm going to buy eight records. <laughs> <laughs> like, again, it's Zoidberg being on brand. Yeah. Everyone in this episode is good. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so Hedonism Bot comes in after Scruffy announces him, uh, which is <sighs> so pretty sweet. amazing. <laughs> it's it's just I love so Hedonism Bot. I love Hedonism Bot. I love Scruffy is is like off like being a butler to Fry because he's famous. Yeah, he's it's, he straightened up. He figured out who Mr. Fry was real fast. He sure did. You start getting money and fame. You and, start being and Scruffy finally starts paying attention to you. You get your record set up on an infomercial, Scruffy's your man. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> so he <laughs> Speaking of hedonism, but he comes in and basically requests uh, Fry to write him an opera. And Fry is like, well, I've never done this before. I wouldn't even know what to write about. And then he looks over at Leela, who is just chomping down on like this giant barbecue cricket leg. That's a bugalo leg. Oh, that's a bugalo? Oh, that makes sense. Okay. I never never really put the two together, but that makes a lot of sense. It certainly makes sense. And he says... Unless he can write it about Leela. So even Hedonism Bot kind of questions that. That's a man writing an opera about a woman. Uh, How delightfully absurd. <laughs> that was a pretty good Hedonism Bot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm impressed. Thank you. I didn't know you this whole time you could have been doing more Hedonism Bot. How many times does Hedonism Bot show up? Not not often as not you think. Enough. But, uh, not, at this fair. point, I think it's his second appearance because his first appearance is uh, in the episode with the Galapagos. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's I think they, they pulled him into this one because they realized they had such an amazing character that they could not not let him be there. <laughs> so late at night at Planet Express, um, Leela's working on the ship and she hears Fry working on this opera. Um, now... I I want to point out I really like that when she goes and and sees him working on it the hologram is actual like just quick sketches. Yes. Like, yes. It's a it's a very good detail. Very very good. Yes. It is. But Fry says that he doesn't want Leela to hear it till it's done. Um because it, he wants it to be this big grand mm-hmm. uh thing that well, that shows how he really feels when he thinks about Leela. Yeah, it, it has to be perfect because then Leela can hear exactly what Fry hears when he thinks about her. Which is a really sweet thought. It, it is and they mm-hmm. they almost have a very tender moment and she touches the devil's hands and exclaims <laughs> about how cold they are. I I will say that, you know, it doesn't really do much good to win the hearts of ladies if your hands are cold to the touch. That mm-hmm. is true. Um, I do. I do also like maybe one of my favorite Leela lines of all time where she's like, I've been such a fool, a fully justified, prudent fool, because that's another one I want to say all the time, mm-hmm. which I don't because it comes off sounding very, very sure. conceited. Yeah. But it's a good line that I always want to use. If we're, if we're popping out lines of this se- segment, I just want to uh, do fries. I, I don't want you to listen till till it's finished like a peacock. You don't eat it until it's cooked. 
It's also good advice. Getting all kinds of good advice from this episode. It's true. They they seized upon this this potentially last episode to really get out all of the messages they had planned long term. Uh-huh. Yes, I would call this the moral episode of Futurama. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, the next day, the robot devil literally jumps out of the refrigerator <laughs> when Bender opens it. It's so great. Um, and he's like, um, he he offers Bender a deal. Uh, Bender, of course, momentarily forgetting that he f- he uh, forgot that the devil could tempt him with things that he wants. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting thing to forget. And then uh, Bender says that he has that he has always wanted to be more annoying. Which, yes, I've got some questions. Sure, I'm not going to go into them. But don't don't we all want to be more of what we are? Oh, I suppose that's true. Yeah. Ben, ben has decided to be more podcast than man at this point. <laughs> I I have dedicated myself to becoming more machine. Oh, we all have our goals. Yep. I, I guess mine is a, do a decent job at work. <laughs> That's dumb. That's, I know. It's super lame. Who does that? <laughs> um, so the robot devil installs a an air horn on his on bender's nose in exchange for his crotch plate because bender won't give (laughs) the devil his hands grabby and squeezy very problematic Uh, i i just love the fact that the robot devil literally literally takes the crotch plate and throws it directly into the garbage yes barely barely concealing the fact that he's done this (laughs) bender doesn't care he's got an air horn now (laughs) The robot devil tells him to just give a good old blast to the next person he sees and starts saying, yes, my complicated plan is underway. That next person that he sees happens to be Leela, who uh, is looking very forward to this opera that Fry is composing (laughs) and is now instead deaf from this very loud, elongated air horn blast directly in her face. And, And because of this, she won't be able to hear Fry's opera. Which is all about her. It's 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 very tragic. It is not, however, ironic, as the robot devil immediately states. Bender rejects it and calls it, it's just mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, Bender subplot. It's a, it's a good Bender subplot. Uh, he also then turns around and tries to blast the robot <laughs> devil with the same air horn, and it runs out of aerosol. Which the devil also points out as ironic, but Bender actually doesn't uh He doesn't challenge that. him. He he's busy trying to instruct the robot devil to bite his shiny metal ass, which is now missing because his crotch plate is gone. And then we go to the commercial by an awkward zoom in to the absence of this crotch plate, you which say, is always sort of. You say of... awkward. I say artistic. <laughs> you say awkward or artistic. I say erotic. Why not both? Okay. Why not all three? <laughs> I I I was trying to make a I was trying to turn this into a uh let's call the whole thing off. Uh you say tomato, I say tomato. You say awkward, I say erotic. <laughs> awkward, erotic, awkward, erotic. Let's call, let's call the whole thing, thing off. <laughs> yes. This is this uh, is what the podcast is. Amazing. <laughs> 
We cut to M-Hop, the Metropolitan House of Opera. Another good very naming. good name. I am, I am with these names. <laughs> it is an opera all about Leela um, with like real singers uh, up on stage, but all of the costumes are made out of holograms. Which yeah, there's a lot I, I don't understand anymore. <laughs> it's a choice. It's a lot to unpack. Uh, the one thing that puzzles me the most is that though the holographic like masks that the actors are wearing are very detailed and modeled correctly, all of the robots have square chest cavities, while none of the robots <laughs> that they represent actually have square chest cavities. And I don't know why that one detail is wrong. <laughs> It is a choice. We all need things to just dial in on. <laughs> Do a deep dive. And Kate found it. And she sure did. <laughs> that's, that's what they These say These chest cavities me. aren't right. These need to be fixed. <laughs> um, so uh, there, there is a lot going on during this whole opera scene. I don't know how into the weeds we want to go in on this. Um, because yeah, it's, it's an actual whole opera. There's multiple songs. It's basically this opera about Leela's life from the moment she shows up at the orphanarium. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Leela has Amy show some emotion flashcards so she knows what she's supposed to be feeling in case Fry looks at her. I really love the fact that it's the, uh, the construction worker from the gotta do what you gotta do (laughs) poster. On these flashcards, it is, it, it's such a great callback. It's bringing it back around, because that's very first episode. Absolutely. Hedonism bot invites everybody to party like the Greeks of old. You know the ones he means. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I most definitely do. Um, <laughs> I do like that there's like a whole scene where Godzilla's there, yeah. and then the actor playing Bender uh, is like, I've gotta go have my doctor check this cough and the real bender is like i don't recall fighting godzilla but that's exactly what i do (laughs) well i mean that's just fry knowing his uh, character yeah exactly yeah Yeah. he knows his best friend and that he'd fake a cough even though he's a robot (laughs) i feel like he's done that oh probably then there's an intermission Mm mm-hmm and As all nice, all, all the nicest operas have. Tinny Tim is there giving an extra edition that says uh, "World's Greatest Opera Only Half Over." <laughs> <laughs> this is the like most useless paper ever. <laughs> it is relevant for like ten to fifteen minutes between acts in an opera. Yes. And printed on actual paper. But in the future, everything is recycled. So even though it's useless now, oh, it'll be recycled okay. into something more good, useful good in point. just about... It was it was out- made of the papers that didn't sell earlier, announcing that the opera was about to begin. Exactly. Got it. Okay. See, here I am like, this is so wasteful. And you guys remind me just, you know, that's that's how it works in the future. It sure does. Mm-hmm. If you don't, if you don't uh, use the paper, just recycle it it's a new paper now yeah it's how recycling works sure is during this intermission leela meets the robot devil mm-hmm. and the robot devil says that he will give leela new ears so that she can hear the rest of this opera uh, which she is very distraught over not being able to hear sure yeah it's and a good opera so far 
I mean, yeah, it's pretty good. Well, how often I mean, does somebody write an opera for you? I I find it's very infrequent. It's true. It's only happened a couple of times. Yeah. I mean, you know, you got to really soak that in when it happens because, you know, it could be another couple of years. Yeah. And two of those times of the of the few couple it was, I was deafened, so I didn't even hear it myself. So I, I, I have empathy here. Got to stop making deals with the devil, Mike. I, you know, people keep saying that. Don't, don't change. Don't change just to be able to hear consistently. Yeah. Who needs that? No. Mm-hmm. I don't listen to too many podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> how, how many uh, you got in your queue? Okay. Let me. Let me. Uh, so I have uh, 43 discrete <laughs> podcasts that I listen to, including this one. This this one <laughs> that I'm on, I listen to it. I have 160 episodes to listen to. Okay. It's it's improved. Okay. <laughs> I've been I've been cutting into it over the weekends. The robot devil says all he wants in exchange for the new ears is Leela's hands. And when she kind of balks at that, the devil says, "Okay, well, just one of your hands oh, then. Just your left hand. Just the left one." And uh as everybody's go- going back to watch the the second half of this opera, Leela kind of panics and says, "Okay, if it's just the left one, fine." Mhm. Calculon's there, and <laughs> the robot devil's like, hey, Calculon, I need your ears. Pulls off the little antenna, mm-hmm. sticks them in Leela's ears. Um, I do like that Calculon's like, I suppose I owe you for this unholy acting talent. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Calculon's acting Me talent. Too. So good. So, uh, yeah, Leela, he, he jams these antenna into her ears, and this Gives her the ability to hear. Yep. Like a um, safe cracker. Exactly. Ooh. I mean, that's robot ears we're talking about here. It's true. Uh, and then uh, the robot devil uh, says, I'll, don't worry about your hand. I'll take it later. Just go enjoy the opera. And then uh, the second act, uh, or the second half of the opera, uh, starts out with a the literal scene where Fry makes this deal with the robot devil. And... The robot devil is just singing, I'm stupid, I'm, I'm stupid, stupid, I'm stupider than you. I'm stupider than you, <laughs> stupider than you in, in every, every way. way. Yep, we, I, I mean, it had to happen. <laughs> we, we promised nothing at the beginning of this episode. You, you all should have seen this coming. Um, uh, and then good. the real robot devil jumps in. And uh, he's like, you can't have your characters just announce how they're feeling. That makes me angry. (laughs) Which is another thing I want to say all the time. I, well, once upon a time, I put that up as like a a vague Facebook status uh, (laughs) and was like, was contacted by several other performer friends. And they were like, of course you can do that. That's fine. Who told you you couldn't do that? (laughs) Uh, no big deal just the robot devil come on guys i was like it's also it's it's from futurama you should really watch it and they were like you wasted our time and energy (laughs) did i really though No, it sounds like they did exactly (laughs) yeah the the everybody starts singing just in in real time Mm -hmm. they're all ad-libbing their lines um of everything going on you know the the devil wants his hands back um he he unveils his his plot, which is that uh, the fine print in this contract Leela signed says that sh- 
she will give him her hand in marriage. And then uh, Bender finally approves of the irony of the situation. (laughs) Because he has brought his giant dictionary with him to the opera just to be correct about everything. I have to look up the definition of irony real fast. I've been correcting everybody on it for days now, but I need to check it one more time. It's the use of words expressing something other than their literal intention. Now that is irony. (laughs) And um, yeah, so again, you know, this is all everybody's singing. It's actually really well written. I can't believe everybody's just at living. Thanks, Zoidberg. Um, (laughs) And then uh, Fry, like... Uh, the the robot devil literally pulls the uh, preacher bot out of the audience to do the wedding right here and now. As as they are about to get married, Fry says, "All right, fine, you can have your hands back, um, you evil metal dork," which is <laughs> good. So dramatic. Um, and then, but I mean, it is really dramatic because the the robot devil cuts Fry's hands off. And then the lights fade out, and it's actually really good, like, stage production. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, even Hedonism Bot is into it. <laughs> Surgery? In an opera? How decadent. God, you do do a good Hedonism <laughs> Bot. Jumpy! The chocolate icing! Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mike is killing me over here with this Hedonism Bot. <laughs> I have a feeling that there's going to be a, a a corner in in the rest of the sh- show run where it's just Mike's hedonism bot corner. I'm into it. Um, Do it. The uh, the robot devil is like, all right, we well, got to run. It's my poker night. Grabs Nixon on the way out and uh, runs off. I, he and... throws a smoke bomb and seemingly disappears. And then <laughs> the reaction shot of the audience being shocked that he has disappeared. He is walking through the background up the aisle. <laughs> hedonism bot is like all right enough of reality let's get back into the opera and fry is like well i can't play anymore because i have my old hands back zoeberg yells up the beauty was in your heart not your hands (laughs) and then as soon as fry starts playing it sounds like 100 percent garbage Uh the holograms stink out loud um, the 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 actors in the cardboard looking costumes look vaguely stoned, incredibly disinterested, vaguely stoned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Zoidberg yells, your music is bad and you should feel bad, which is still my favorite Futurama meme. It's <laughs> very good. I saw that somebody uh, I don't remember what it said, but I saw some graffiti here in town that said your blank is bad and you should feel bad. I just don't remember what it was for. Oh, man. But I was like, oh, man, like that's that's graffiti that's speaking to me. That graffiti goes straight to your heart. It works on every level. Like you can really just swap anything out and it works. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So everybody literally is throwing stuff at Fry. <laughs> they all leave the opera. Um, Tinny Tim is outside with more papers. Greatest uh, opera ever. Uh, sucks i think is, is uh-huh <laughs> greatest opera of all time sucks yep. <laughs> zoidberg buys eight of the oh, well, papers of course. he's a crafty consumer <laughs> and then the the very last shot um fry is in this empty 
concert hall mm-hmm. um and he kind of starts walking off like i love i love everything about this shot because he's walking off and like the sound of his footsteps are just echoing through this empty thing like he looks just so distraught and then uh leela is still in the audience and she says uh you know don't stop i want to hear how it ends and uh Fry goes back and sits down and he plays, you know, and it's not great, but he's playing his best. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a little hologram of just Fry and Leela and they they share a a quick kiss and then kind of just walk off into the distance. And then uh, we get a couple of, of notes on the holophoner and then just credits. And that is the end of the original run. It sure is. And like, what a great way to go out. Yeah. Very much. But. I think we should probably discuss this more in grades. It's it's out of the ballpark for me. It's it's an A plus. It's it's beautiful. It hits all of your favorite characters. It has so much heart and so much moral life advice and so many iconic lines. It's you just it it's really like pinnacle Futurama for me. Yeah, I I can't really argue with that at all. Um, there's, you, as you mentioned, there's so many great things. I mean, we laughed about just m- talking through this episode and laughing about all the jokes and Zoidberg being a crafty consumer and yelling at that his music is bad and he should feel bad. But it, it has that thing that really great Futurama episodes have where it has that kind of that heart to it. it it has a different one than jurassic bark where it is um sad where this one is hopeful and kind of bittersweet bittersweet but also hopeful because maybe i'm not the best at doing the holophoner but i'm trying my best and this is what i see yeah and i feel like like that is not just like hopeful like you know like maybe this will move into something else but it's also like the most bear like at the very end it 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 like kind of lets that that all funny aside and lays fry pretty bare like this is you know he's playing the holophoner for her mm-hmm. this is what she's seeing what what he sees mm-hmm. and that is a moment that as a finale if it had stayed a finale would have been just perfect so i i i agree it's a, a plus yeah, I don't disagree with anything that either of you said. Um, like I said, as as far as um, finales go, um, you know, if I mean, again, it later became a, a, just another season end. But, um, you know, for a long time, this was the end of Futurama. And if you've got to go out, go out in style. Every every one of the main characters is on their game in this episode. We get so many good lines from so many people. They bring in a lot of favorites. Like Tinny Tim is there for two shots, <laughs> literally just to sell papers. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they bring Hedonism bot back. They bring the robot devil back. They bring Calculon back. There's so much good writing and good characters and everything going on in this. You're right. You know, Fry's kind of the the central character of the show. And so we get a very Fry-centric episode. Mm-hmm. We get sort of that, you know, not quite closure, um, but with, you know, the the will they, won't they of, of Leela. But, you know, you, you do end on that sort of help, hopeful note where it's like, okay, Fry has has finally, like you said, he, he laid himself out there, you know, totally just 
him mm-hmm. and Leela has has started to actually see what he has always wanted her to see and it's so very good mm-hmm. yeah um and yeah for all those reasons you know the ones you said uh, as well it's got to be an a plus um it, it can't be anything less than that in my opinion yeah mm-hmm. hey everybody this is ben i'm cutting into the middle of this episode because we got some last minute listener mail uh that got in just after we recorded the episode and i, I wanted to get this into this episode We got some mail from Buggy who says, hey, back to the Futurama gents. Just wanted to make sure I got in some proper correspondence for this episode. The Devil's Hands or Idle Playthings is my favorite episode of Futurama and might just be my all-time favorite episode of television in general. I caught the episode randomly before I ever watched the show as a whole, so it was one of the first episodes I ever saw, and it's a great introduction to a lot of Futurama's particular brand of comedy. The show uses a lot of bait and switch using obvious punchlines as setups for other punchlines, and I think all the Robot Devil's heavy-handed smarmy foreshadowing for the obvious Fry swaps hands with Bender plot, only for the wheel to take over to the Robot Devil himself, is one of the best executions of that type of joke in the show's run. And that's not even touching on the myriad of great self-aware jokes in the episode, such as the Robot Devil lampshading just how ridiculous and inefficient his plan actually is. Beyond that, the show does justice to Fry as a character in a way I think few episodes do, treating him as a person rather than just a punchline. Sure, he can be a bit of an idiot, but he's still just a really good-hearted guy under that, and even after switching hands with the robot devil, he's not treated like a guy who cheated to win Leela's heart or become a famous holophone player. He's just a guy who was given the capability to express what was already inside him. It makes his relationship with Leela in the episode feel satisfying because you know she's truly coming to love him for who he is. Finally, I love this episode just because it works so well as a finale. It builds up to a showdown with the literal robot devil in the middle of a big dramatic opera that's the perfect blend of dramatic and silly, all while providing payoff for Fry and Leela's relationship. But the real kicker is the final moments of the episode. Leela saying, please don't stop playing Fry, I want to hear how it ends. That line of dialogue, along with Fry's crude attempt to finish his magnum opus, is one of the the most heartfelt and poignant meta moments I've ever seen. Futurama may have come to an end quicker than it was supposed to, but the bittersweet note it went out on was still satisfying and conclusive enough. That's what truly elevates the, the episode for me. The fact that the last moments are so clearly aimed at the fans, thanking them for sticking with the show as long as they did. In fact, it's such a beautiful, wistful moment that part of me still wishes the show had never been renewed since the episode works so well as a series finale. Anyways, yeah, I wanted I I thought that was very well written and I agree with everything that you said. I wanted to make sure I got that in the episode before uh, actually posting this one up. So uh, thanks again for writing to us and, uh, you know, thanks for listening to our show. And yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with anything that you said there it's a it's a great episode and a a great finale and um anyways with all of that let's get back into the episode all right um well now that we are all (sighs) choked up over the the end of the original run i'm not sad you're sad (laughs) yeah it's not dusty in the studio it's dusty wherever you're listening to this right now (laughs) the bus the train it's that's wherever good podcasts are had Mm -hmm. Um, so, so yeah, that's going to do it for us this week. Um, <laughs> thanks to everyone for, uh, listening through the original run. Um, you know, we'll, we will definitely be back, um, 
with uh, the the movies and then the Comedy Central run mm-hmm. uh, going forward. Um, yeah, you can't get rid of us that quickly. Uh, <laughs> in the meantime, if you want to check out Kate's podcast, uh, again, that is Subverted Tropes. Um, why don't you uh, tell us what that one is all about, Kate? Uh, so my boyfriend and I uh, go through movies. We one of us, usually him, will research the movie. Uh, often, I don't know much about the production or the background or any of it. Uh, occasionally, I haven't seen it at all. He'll do the research, tell me about it, we'll watch it, and then we will come back and dissect it mercilessly. Uh, and we try to be pretty funny. I think we do pretty okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, and somewhere along the way, we've just turned out to be like, a nonstop shout out to our friend podcasters <laughs> game. Uh, we, I, I specifically shouted you guys out recently when we did an episode on alien. Oh, excellent. <laughs> I, Terrific. I do love alien <laughs> a lot. And uh, if, if our listeners want to check that out, uh, where can they find that? Uh, you can find us on iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, just about anywhere you get your fine, fine podcasting products. Uh, You can find us on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. We're we're all over the place. I was just thinking, where can't they find you? I'm going to look out the window. Oh, no, there's a there's a plane with a banner behind it. I'm going to open my fridge and y'all are going to pop out like the robot devil. Yeah. Um, and uh, speaking of all the social medias, uh, we are not in your fridge yet. Yet. However. There are smart fridges now. Oh, that's true. Maybe we, could, maybe there, we are in your maybe fridge. Maybe we are already in your fridge. The last thing I need is a refrigerator that plays podcasts. I, I have a hard <laughs> enough time leaving the kitchen. <laughs> so... If you would like to get in contact with us, um, there are plenty of ways to do that. You can email us at backtothefuturamapodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at backtofuturama. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash backtofuturama. And we are on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So find us there, rate us, review us, subscribe, and send to your friends. And let's go and uh, think about Fry and Leela. Always. Always. Uh, So until next week, I'm Ben. I'm Mike. I'm Kate. Goodbye Goodbye from from the world of tomorrow. tomorrow.